0: Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions.
1: Sometimes I have to walk to a different building on our compound and he finds me along the way and just skips along next to me, making the funniest faces and sounds
0: mission friends, we have a double treat for you today. We will travel deep into Central Africa and meet Eliza Moffat at the Fulani Project, a teacher to the local children. She recalls two separate occasions of two unique boys. Both these boys holds a special place in her heart. This story I call
1: a glass of cold water. Ephraim is a little boy who comes to the after-school program that I run twice a week. I love all of my kids, but Ephraim has a special place in my heart. He's kind of like the typical African kid you see in the mission reports that just warms every corner of your heart. He has the huge smile that spreads from ear to ear, those big eyes, and the telltale signs of malnutrition. The distended belly the super-thin arms and legs, and the orange-tinged hair. His mother has also suffered quite a bit in her life. She was abused by an uncle when she was just a little girl, and that left her arm thin and shriveled, and she can't really use it anymore. Her family has rejected her. Ephraim's father only comes back occasionally and usually when he's drunk. So most of the time, they're on their own. We have given his mother work watering our plants on the compound, so they have a little bit of income now, but they're still very thin and often sick. While his mom is working, he often entertains himself playing with a bicycle tire that he pushes around with a little stick or even a piece of plastic that he finds on the ground. Sometimes I have to walk to a different building on our compound and he finds me along the way and just skips along next to me, making the funniest faces and sounds just to entertain himself and he entertains me as well. He always is humming a little tune As he runs around the compound playing with little plastic jars or searching for fruit on the trees. When he's around he likes to visit me and see if there's a banana or a tomato he can eat and I can never tell him no. I have to give him something. One day, he asked for water. I decided to surprise him with a glass of cold water from my fridge, and a cold tomato as well. Refrigerators are very rare in our village. Only a few of us have them, and I'm pretty sure Ephraim had never had a glass of really cold water on a hot day. After downing the glass, he handed it back with an emphatic, Merci beaucoup, as he danced away to his play once more. Now holding his precious cold tomato, he called over his shoulder, God bless you! His contagious smile is always more than enough of a reward for whatever little gifts I offer. But as I closed the door behind him that day, I couldn't help but think of Matthew 10.42. Whosoever! shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water, shall in no wise lose his reward. My heart just fills with wonder as I contemplate the significance of that thought. As partners with God, we get double payment, not only the reward of smiles and laughter here on earth, but a reward in
0: the kingdom above as well. And now for our second story. I'm going to call this
1: story Vincent New Year's Day. New Year's Day in the village that I am living in, in Central Africa, is the biggest holiday of the year. It's like Christmas and Easter, and Halloween, and everybody's birthday all on one day. And the biggest thing that people do on New Year's Day is go and visit all of their friends and all of their family and take gifts to people and feed people who come to their home and hand out candy to the kids. And everyone just has a really good time. We decided to join the celebrations and go visiting several of our friends on this special holiday. One person that I really wanted to visit was Vincent. He's one of the students that I have in my after-school program, and he's a really special boy because he has a real search for knowledge. Most of my students, you know, the average teenagers, they don't really engage in class a lot, but Vincent always had questions about what we were studying in the Bible or about different things in his culture and how those went along with what we were learning or with Different things that we weren't studying in the Bible that were still questions that he had about life. And he just really had a special place in my heart because I could see that he was someone who was really searching for a deeper knowledge of God. I had told Vincent ahead of time that I wanted to visit him on New Year's Day, but I didn't know where he lived. And in our village, it's really hard to follow directions if people were to give you directions to their house because all the houses look the same. They're all brick mud huts and there are no street names. It's basically like a forest of houses with trails that are not labeled and there is no map. So I had asked Vincent to come to my house and take us To his house. The time came and he didn't come so we decided to go to another friend's house first and then see if they could maybe help us find his house. So they did. When we came to his house we found him there at home just outside washing some clothes. And he looked a little bit embarrassed Like, maybe he had forgotten that we were coming, but he left his work to the side and welcomed us to his hut compound. When we got there, all the neighborhood kids gather around, and there's so many little children that are just so happy to see us. All of his little siblings were there. His mom was there and welcomed us warmly to to her home. We talked with him a little bit, gave out some stickers to the kids, and talked to his older sister about just how things were going. But I could tell something was wrong with Vincent. Usually he's a very happy and talkative boy, but this day he wasn't. I asked him how he was doing, but he just gave me the standard response. Ça it's It's fine. Eventually, his sister admitted to us that it's not really a Happy New Year's because one of their huts burned down. Which one? This one here, right in front of us. He had a solar panel to charge his phone and give him a little bit of light at night, and it caught fire. Everything inside the hut burned. I looked up in front of me and noticed smoke still rising from a few blackened timbers that had been part of the roof. I was washing some of the burned clothes when you walked up. Now I understood. My heart went out to this teenager who had just lost everything he possessed and had no hope of replacing any of it. I shook his hand as we left and told him, We want to help you. I'm not sure exactly how, but I want to help. So I talked to a couple of my friends, and we were able to help him with the finances that he needed to replace the burned roof and most of his clothing and other belongings. One day, Vincent came to my house. He asked me for a little bit more money to replace some of the things that had burned. And then he stopped just a moment longer. He asked. You have helped me so much, and I would really like to help you with some work if you have any. Is there anything that I could do to help you with? Yes, I told him. I've been thinking about starting a garden. Would you be willing to come and help me plant and water it? He nodded enthusiastically. Soon after... We set to work. I didn't know how to plant or what would grow at that time of year in our area. He and I did a little bit of research. We talked to some of the other gardeners in the village and found out that the best option would be to plant some bean greens. I gave him a few coins to go and buy the beans in the market. And then he came and I gave him a hoe to dig up some of the raised beds that had been there from the year before. Then he planted the beans in rows and raked a thin layer of dirt over them. Every day he came to water Before long, we had little green bean shoots coming up out of the ground. Soon, he came to my door again. Maîtres, come look at the garden. The beans are sprouting. I followed him over, and sure enough, little green shoots were coming out of the ground. Every so often, as he continued to water, we would go back and look at them. Before long, it was time to pull them up and make a delicious sauce out of them. This happened time and again. Vincent would buy the beans, plant them, water them, and then I would come and harvest, cook them into sauce along with making boule, and we would eat together. And often, he'd stop by for a snack and ask more deep spiritual questions. Later, I realized that it was costing me more to plant veggies in my garden than what I could buy them for in the market. Yet, I knew that I was investing in so much more. A relationship with a boy hungering after a knowledge of God.
0: There are many children, just like Vincent, that hunger not only for physical food and water, but also spiritual food. Eliza works to not only help the children with their physical needs, but also their need for the love of Jesus. Please pray for Eliza as she continues to serve at the Fulani Project in Central Africa, reaching the unreached one child at a time. Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal. God bless.